welcome to option five. How are you today? So good. So good. So, so good. Uh, well, everyone, um, you may be used to hearing Dan Linhart's voice with me on this podcast, but today we have a special guest. Um, Mary is one of our product designers here at Crema. Mary, yeah, you've been here for two, how many years? Um, Almost two years. Almost two years. I, uh, that's you. I'm not great at dates. I'm not great. It could I'm not like either. This is seven years. not a generalization. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've been with us for a couple of years. Incredible designer working on uh, multiple product teams and then has been really helping the growth team as well. So a lot of the assets that you've seen for crema.us and for even some of the option five stuff um, has been yours truly. Um, so I thought today we would take some time in the context of a world that is changing, oh yes, that, that a an environment that's going remote. Um, you just recently got back from the well, just in time, honestly. I know. Wow, wow. You yeah. so tell tell me a little bit about where you went on your trip, and and first we'll just talk about how um, how you got a chance to actually work from from your travel. So so tell us a little bit about that first, and then we'll jump into sure. the framework framework. Yeah, well, I really admire Crema, how we have a results-based culture and had been kind of wanting to test the boundaries a little bit with going somewhere and working from another country. I've also, I have a bit of an adventurous spirit and I'd kind of been wanting to push my own boundaries of um, solo travel. So I'd never gone on a big solo trip before and had always wanted to visit Copenhagen and so, yes, I had just started doing some research. I have a friend who lives there right now, and I felt like it was a good time to go. Um, talked it over with Tyler at Crema and just figured out if it would work or not. Um, I know a couple other employees at Crema have done very similar things where they'll go on a big two-week, three-week adventure and then maybe work a week there or a couple weeks. So, um yeah, I just started having a conversation with him about it and it made a lot of sense. And I just decided to say yes. Um, so I went to Copenhagen for two full weeks and worked one full week there and then did a little bit of travel to Amsterdam, a little bit of time in London. Um, but it was a crazy, interesting, very incredible experience. There was a lot of self-discovery, a lot of discovery with how I work. Um, and mm. it definitely pushed the boundaries of kind of my comfort zone in work and life um, to work remotely for a full week. So it was a cool experience. So it, it forced you to maybe have some different disciplines, which we'll, we'll it get definitely into. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're just tuning into this podcast for the first time um, and you haven't been listening to the previous episodes, which you should totally do, um, we, Dan and I have been unpacking basically trying to put words and vocabulary to how we've been working for the last 10 years, um, how we think about things, how we think about the, the, the paradox and the tension and the, um, the elements that are in play and what makes incredibly successful teams and a, and a successful company in the face of a changing world. And um, we came up with this framework, although we have got, We've got to work on this. Right? We've got to come up with a better name because we haven't really named it yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, but effectively, um, we've we've thought about this this idea of a framework that has three things kind of in play. So elements, pillars, whatever. 
three things that are in play. And those are structures, disciplines, and postures. Uh, structures are things that are more permanent in nature. Um, I would have said office spaces are usually structures. Um, they're things that don't like to change quickly. Mm. So oftentimes um, corporate hierarchy is a structure. Um, I think our, our bodies are structures, right? So like we have our bones and our muscles and they don't like to change fast. And when they do change fast, it hurts, right? Because then that means you've broken a bone or you've mm. torn a muscle. And um, it can be repaired. It just takes a long time and a, a bunch of new disciplines and, um, to, to repair it. We just went through this. Um, I think we're experiencing a little bit of a structural change real fast right now and having to go remote because of a global pandemic. That's a structural yep. change. It, it hurts a little <laughs> bit right now, right? So those are structures. Disciplines are the things that we do the habits that we have, the way that we work, the, the rhythms that we create when we set up for two-week sprints or daily stand-ups or you getting out of bed when the first snooze goes off or you working out or meditating or whatever these structures, what are these disciplines that shape the way that we handle the structure we're in and then our mindsets or our postures towards it all. Right. So the third piece is postures. So posture is like just what I said, it's mindsets, it's feelings, it's um, ways of thinking so that we can do the best work of our lives, right? Or we perceive sure. that we're doing the best work of our lives. But um, one of the big postures that you'll hear us say at Crema is um, humble confidence, right? We want to have humility while still being confident about the work that we're going to get done. So thinking about those three things in tension, um, or in paradox or whatever right. word you want to use there. Um, I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about first off, what do you think about these three things? And then, and then also how does that play out in your daily, you know, role here at Crema on a cross-discipline team, uh, which of course we talked about mm -hmm. previously on, on the podcast, um, or, um, you know, working remote now or working remote in Copenhagen. Yeah. So let's open it up a little bit. What does that look like for you? I'm, I'm going to keep it high level and then maybe we can di dive into those as you unpack it. What do those postures, disciplines, and routines look like for you on I maybe mean, daily basis on your, your normal teams? Sure. So um, I was kind of thinking about structures a little bit. Well, actually, this is maybe my first introduction to the framework. Yeah. Um, maybe more we've, in person. We've I've told, read about we've it. We've toured more, more people in the world through our podcast than we have told people internally. Uh, yeah. So this is a, a revealing. Um, how it's much cool. No, probably tell people in, inside the company too. It's good. I was getting ready for this podcast and I went back and listened to all of the podcast episodes wow. that you and Dan did. That, first of all, they're amazing. They're great. And I feel like they just dive right into it. And maybe that's the best way to introduce everybody at Crema to the framework. But it was awesome. Um, sure. Yeah, so I, I have a little bit of background, um, but it's been kind of fun to think about, like maybe it's my visual brain, but mm. I'm very much thinking about like what informs what in postures, yeah. discipline, and structures. Yeah. Um, and then also I've been trying to toy with the idea of who's maybe responsible for what element. Yeah. Like I feel very responsible for my posture. I think that's an incredibly individual thing at Crema. Um, and it's hard for an organization like Crema to come to me and say, you have to be a certain way or you have to 
think or feel a certain way. Yeah. So it's so individual. You, re- you agree with that kind of, because I'm curious what your reaction to this idea that I've come up with is. <laughs> so I think you're right, though. I would, I would explore a little bit that I think that all three of these um, elements have a play at both an individual, a team, and an organization. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think you're right in the fact that primarily a posture is going to be um, how a person feels and how their mindset interacts. But if you think about the hive mentality, uh, we're watching that happen right now on Twitter or globally, right? That we're now thinking as a global mind, not as a singular Mm. mind. So how do we think more of our our teams as a hive mind that also has a posture that is shaped by our collective postures together? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a really good point. That's that's also true of the organization, of course, at at scale. Sure. Yeah, that definitely adds another layer. Um, Cause I've been thinking kind of like posture is my own attitude. Then the discipline is maybe comes out of posture. Um, mm. So if you have a posture of curiosity, then your disciplines will relate to learning and growing. And it's definitely self-set disciplines, but then your organization kind of comes alongside you and helps you with those disciplines. Right. But so Krema, I've found a lot of, um, you have to put in like, 60 crema puts in 40 or maybe 80 20 like i'm kind of driving my own disciplines and structures and rhythm not structures that's the wrong word (laughs) but you know rhythms and kind of that that time management um side of things and how i want to do my day um but then crema comes alongside me for a lot of that and then the structure to me feels a lot bigger than me i'm obviously a part of it but it's very crema centered like my space is from crema my values and mission and, and vision mm-hmm. is set by crema and i get to be a part of that but it's not like my kind of vision coming into that so is that does that kind of resonate that i don't cool. know if i'm this if i'm responding really, the same way no that's this is so good because it's so interesting you know dan and i kind of started to worry that are we are we drinking our own kool-aid that we are only seeing through a lens so we're convincing ourselves of how this all sure. makes sense like you know perfectly across the way i think I think, yes, that is true, that there are a lot more structures set by the environments that are outside your control. I think we're on an individual level. I would encourage anyone, if I, even if you were doing something where you just kind of, I would, I'll be careful with the word counseling, but if you're, right. if you're spending time talking to somebody and you're thinking about what are the structures in your own personal life that shape um, the effectiveness of how you get your work done, right? Mm. So, so you might have a structure of a commute or the lack of a commute right now, or you might have the structure right now for us um, of, of maybe just health, right? So mm-hmm. your health is good right now. So you can do a lot more. You can have a more positive posture and you're, you're not held back for the disciplines that you can partake in. But if your health is low or if you've been injured in some way, your structure changes personally and your right. discipline, your disciplines and mindset have to change because of that structural change. So I think it can play out on any level, but you're you're absolutely right. In the business context or in the work team context, oftentimes the structures are defined by leadership or by the organization as a whole. But I was going to go back to something you said earlier, which was, I feel like the structures are set by the people around me, or you said by set by crema. Mm-hmm. And my question for you is, who is crema? Hmm. 
right? So what structure is being created? Is that something you believe that it's Dan and I have written it someplace and made it? Or is it something that is a collective of the people around you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's mostly a collective um, because I don't think if you and Dan wrote down the values that you didn't see in your employees, yeah. it would work. Um, yeah. And so I think it is a collective. And when I think about the structures that matter to me the most, it's definitely the value system that Crema as a whole, as a collective has um that and then like the space and so that is maybe set by you and dan or decided on by you and dan but it's a space inhabited by the collective of crema that all of the people um and so i think and culture is like a structure right yeah yeah kind of loosely culture can definitely be a structure it's i'm i'm questioning whether or not culture lives <laughs> right, in the, right in the middle yeah it, it is what we're defining Right. That, oh, that's true, I guess. Because I was like, it, it isn't, it's definitely informed by all of these things. So yeah, yeah I, I think I'd say structure is mostly the collective, but you and Dan have a, a loud decider voice in that collective. Yeah. Um, and I feel, I feel like I'm part of that too. Like the thing I missed, I, I think the thing that changed the most when I was working remotely in Copenhagen was the structure for mm. me. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm in a new place. I'm in a new time zone. I'm in a new even just space, like right. my workspace and um, some of the technology I had was even different. So it all changed. And that was the thing I missed the most um, being abroad. And when I came back, I was like, oh, I'm back in my, in my home. Like I'm yeah, back with my people. Yeah. I have that kind of rhythm of life again, that feels very, it's just very, it's the structure of my job. Right. Um, and so that feels pretty collective to me. So how do you think that plays out? So you're defining it definitely in the context of how it plays out for you just as an individual, as a part of an organization that works mm -hmm. this way. How does it play out on your teams? How do you see um, postures or, or disciplines or structures play out on your, on your cross-discipline teams? So the teams that you're working on both collaboratively with a client or in-house? Sure. Um, I think I notice a change in the posture and the discipline depending on our product the stage we're at in our product life cycle oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah as a whole like when i think about posture there's definitely uh maybe a collective if we're thinking about collective posture yeah there's maybe a collective posture of curiosity right at the beginning and failing fast and discovering a lot of things and then maybe towards the middle or the end when we're really just boots on the ground getting things done trying to build something there's maybe more of a collective posture of like excellence and just doing the work really well. Um, I so I don't know. If that's... I love that you went there. Cause I thought there'd be a posture of grit. Just get it Ooh, done. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> excellence. You were like, but excellence is what we strive for. I was like, yeah, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah. Totally the right answer. A bit of grit too. It goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go hand in hand sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, I think that I see that mostly in posture. I think disciplines, it's nice for me when team disciplines remain the same. Yeah. Depending on where you're at in the product life cycle, like I rely on the, um, you know, our retrospectives that we have once or twice a week um, a lot. And so having that same discipline of how are you feeling? How are things going? What should we change? What are we doing well um, is so, so, so helpful. 
And I really, really rely on that. Um, yeah. I think, man, you, you hit on it. Retrospectives, I think is one of the primary tools to measure almost all these things Mm. because it's in a retrospective that you, you slow down long enough to say, and for those that don't know what a retrospective is, because we've talked about it in previous episodes, but it's this idea of pausing your work awkwardly. So a little bit, because you, you feel like you should still just be doing, but you have to stop for a second and say, what's going well, what's not going well, how are we feeling in all of this? Um, not everybody asks that, but we do at Crema. Mm-hmm. And and what can we do to get better, right? And making decisions, making action items in order to actually optimize and continue continue to evolve the way that we do our work. And that's such a it's such an important thing to do. And so I um, in a talk that I give about this, which I've given a few times, I talk about like retroing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke that I actually retrospect my kids at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm not, not, I don't say, look, kids, it's time for your retrospective. It's, it's more like, hey, kids, what went well today? Who made you smile? Um, and then Aww. like, who, what was the hardest thing you had to do today? Um, and then what are you excited about for tomorrow? Um, those are just simple questions at dinner or wherever we are that is really a retrospective, but can't how, because it's about reflecting and then prepare, mm. preparing. So I love that you named that because retrospectives are such a powerful tool. Yeah. And it's just nice having a rhythm too, like knowing that there's a space to talk, that there's people that you can go to and mm-hmm. there's kind of a dedicated time for that is just really, really nice on a team setting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Um, what what are some of the um, if you could define a structure that you think you see and I know this is the one that's a little harder to define honestly. Mm-hmm. What's a structure that you see inside of your team or maybe in collaboration? Mm. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it there inside the team. Yeah. Okay. What are things that don't change very often? Maybe aren't all of the doing, but are things that constrain you in a good way or in a bad way? Um, That's a good point. I think if we get really tangible with this, I find, well, and this is getting a bit personal, but on each team or on each project, each product has constraints of what technologies we're using what are we mobile or are we desktop app? Like even we could get, I don't know if that's too literal of a structure. No, I think that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Like that's what I think of. I'm like, okay, well this one, the structure is, this is um, cybersecurity. And so that's a whole nother realm of, of ideas that we're dealing with, of constraints we're dealing with, risks we're dealing with and questions that we're asking on that team. But this one is global consulting. So it's a totally different kind of world, different questions that we have to ask here, different clients, different um, users that we have. So I don't know if that's, yeah, it's pretty broad, but I think, I think users, technologies, and format um, probably helps constrain the product a lot and the team that's working on that. And I find it, sorry. No, go, 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 keep going. (laughs) I I really have fun being on multiple products because I'm on, I'm on four different products right now. And it's so much fun going from structure to structure, I guess, because you've got different constraints and it's like this new playground to work in and be creative in a totally different way. And so, yeah, I really enjoy that. What disciplines do you put in place though, in order to facilitate making that switch? Because that switching cost is, can be 
pretty yeah. heavy because now you're you're talking about changing structures on a regular basis, which if anybody can handle it, Mary, I know you can because <laughs> you're you're just um, you're the most collaborative and, and empathetic person I know. But I guess maybe when you start thinking about your postures mm-hmm. and your disciplines, what what are those two, if you can name them, do you think helps you to to make those switches so easily? Sure. I think discipline, at least for a couple of them, I time box when I'll be working on those projects. Yeah, good. So I'm like, especially when I used to be, I used to be doing a lot more of the growth team work. And so that was a big switch because it was marketing versus product design. Right. Totally different kind of fields and industries even and totally different users. Um, So I would really box my time. So the morning was spent on product and the afternoon was, oh wait, maybe I've got it mixed up, but I did one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really, really helpful because my clients knew that that's when they would be able to reach me the best and it fit better. Cause I, there was a bit of a time difference too between us. And so it matched their schedules better, um, to be working in the afternoon and ready and available. And then the morning, um, I just felt like there was a lot more kind of collaboration and a lot more people in the office for the growth team and people that I could just ping if I needed to. So I, I kind of time box my life a little bit and I still try to do that with each product that I'm on. It gets a little bit trickier when you add more than two or three <laughs> to yeah. box that time well, um, but it helped a lot when I was going back and forth between growth team and product design. Um, and if you got yeah, into that- the nitty gritty of that, you had to make a discipline of communicating that with your teams too, like, hey guys, I'm not going to work on this today because that mm-hmm. I'll have dedicated time tomorrow to work on that or expect that I'm available today. If you want to chat, you know, I think you do a good job of that. And the team as a whole does a pretty good job of setting those ex- expectations about availability as well. Right. And that actually, that definitely reminds me of a posture that you have to have related to that discipline, which it, it took me a while to get to this place where I didn't feel guilty about not being available all the time. Yeah. Um, and so you have to kind of let go of that a little bit and be okay with not being available for every single person at all times of the day. And then also over communicating, I think is a posture. And maybe that's just being, having integrity or communicating with openness and honesty, but that was huge for me. And even saying to a client, like it was uncomfortable sometimes to say, sorry, I'm not going to be available for you right now. Right. But I know Crema supports that really well. And I think that's rare and, and cool. And our clients respect that really well because I'd rather have them know that I'm not going to be there and have better conversation and communication later on than them get frustrated that I'm saying I'm available, but I'm actually not, or I'm not going to be able to give them good communication back. I think um, I think what you're sharing there is so important for our listeners, especially people that are in the service space or even people that are on a product team in general because they, they serve someone inside the organization. The desire for us to want to create a discipline that appeases the structure mm-hmm. um, instantly um, is detrimental to us actually being able to do great work. And it's really easy to just sit on email or Slack or whatever it is and just be ready to instantly respond because we've been trained to do so. And then what we do is when we're doing that, we actually train our clients or our users or whoever to expect that level Mm -hmm. of instant response. So we've actually trained them to have a new discipline, which is anytime you ask, I will jump as high as you want. 
And right. it actually doesn't serve them very well because now you're jumping between so many things that you can't serve them well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's really key. And I think a lot of people could learn from that. That's a discipline that most people aren't willing to lean in the discomfort of going, I'm going to say no for right now, but wait until tomorrow. And I'm, I'm totally, totally yours. Well, it took a lot of falling on my face <laughs> to get yeah, there yeah, yeah. of overcommitting and just kind of getting anxious. So yeah, I think it is something I'm still trying to learn today too. Like, okay, you can say no sometimes and people respect that. Well, I mean, even before we jumped on this podcast, there was somebody on the team that reached out and said, hey, I need to talk about something right now. It's like, can you wait 45 minutes? I'm mm-hmm. doing a podcast, you know, like um, just being clear with that and saying, hey, I want to be available for you, but I just can't right now. Um, yeah. Good. good. Um, what about, what about is a, uh, when you go back to remote, when you start thinking mm. about the disciplines, um, now you're in a new remote uh, setting, well, kind of forcibly, in, I guess in some ways, <laughs> because of the whole, again, um, coronavirus and COVID-19. Um, what? what do you think is going to be some of your new disciplines or postures that you're going to try to have in this new structure? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I know there's a lot of team members at Crema who've been remote full time. And so they can speak to this much better than I can, who just went for a week <laughs> abroad. Um, but there are things that I, I learned from that. And there's also things that I'm expecting to need to learn. And so I'll be reaching out to them for much more kind of feedback and help. Um, yeah, because I'm definitely not an expert in working remote, but uh, working remote in Copenhagen, definitely kind of the, the structure floor underneath me kind of shook a little bit. And so I had to readjust, especially when it came to um, disciplines of time management. That mm. was huge. And I, I mostly felt that with the time difference that I had there and managing when I did each, kind of like going back to each team and each different structure of my different products, managing this time from now, instead of it being 9 to 12, it's going to be uh, 3 p.m. till 5 p.m. or yeah, something like yeah. that. So kind of balancing and restructuring the day um, for a time difference. And I think that will also apply to this new remote two week stint um, in making sure that I don't maybe work beyond when I should be working or taking time to go have lunch um, and just kind of making sure that I'm like balancing my time well while also working and living in the same space. So that was kind of interesting. And I think I'm going to need to make sure I'm doing that well. Um, uh, I don't know. Let's see what else. What if you went into kind of our new context of social distancing, this idea that we have to have a whole new set of structures, disciplines, and postures. What do you think that's going to look like? Or what, maybe what tangibly do you think that looks like that um, you're gonna, we're going to have to change um, looking forward? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, today, so today was like the first day of social distancing for yeah. Crema. This is day first, one. Yeah. Day one of zero. Yeah. two weeks for the foreseeable future. But um, so I went in and got my things from the office and had to reset up a space in my house. And I actually had to move because I was living with my grandma. Um, and so I moved out of her home because I don't want to infect her. She's oh 89. Oh gosh. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that. So do you, I didn't realize you moved. 
Yeah. It's no big deal. I moved back in with my parents and it's great. I love, I love it here, but yeah. things change because of that, because now I'm living with four people instead of one. Yeah. And so I'm in a totally different space, had to re kind of organize my life around a new space to work from home in. And I also think, well, this is personal, but um, when I work from home, because Crema supports work from home very, very well, when I do that, it's very much like a day that I'm like, okay, I'm going to get so much done. I need to be alone. I need to just like head down and just knock through so many things. I know and it's usually, yeah, it's very, very effective. It's great. But I think I'm going to really miss having that, the people around me, that structure that I'm used to. Yep. to kind of pull me out of that a little bit and not yep. be so heads down all the time and just like pummel through work. Um, and I, I think I'm going to need to learn new ways to find that. Crema has already today just made me so happy in the way that we've been like sharing pictures of our lunches I saw on that Slack. Too. It made me so happy. And like our big full team remote call just brought me so much joy because you're seeing everybody in their space. Like I think it's going to be a time when we all are going to have to extend ourselves and try to put ourselves out there and interact with each other in this digital space rather than just me going to Steph's desk and chatting with her for 20 minutes to kind of get a break from mm -hmm. whatever my brain was kind of getting through. Um, so I think that's going to be a new challenge is finding the time and the people to interact with and kind of step out of your mind for a minute and out of that deep work. Um, because that's usually where I go to work from home is like, I need that deep work and now yeah, it's going to be yeah, deep yeah. work all the time. <laughs> right. Please let me have some surfacey work just so I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I think that's interesting. I think it is. We're going to have some new normals, right? Um, this, mm -hmm. this will shape their postures have, I told Dan on the, the last podcast, I said, I think what we're going to have to do is dial some of our postures up to 11. Mm -hmm. to kind of compensate for this new change in structure, at least for a period of time. Meaning we're going to have to get super intentional about taking pictures of our food and sharing it with each other. We're yeah. going to have super intentional about reaching out to do a Zoom phone call or um, responding appropriately in Slack. It's, it's going to be different. We're going to be super disciplined about like getting up and walking around because mm. there's, no, there's no social context to say, you know, I'm just going to go walk over, grab a cup of coffee and talk to people on the right. way. It's like, no, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee and go back to right back to where I am. Um, I think all that's going to have yeah. to, new disciplines we have to have in place. Yeah. I think I'm curious to see how uh, the, I guess, posture of transparency is going to be used mm. in this season because it feels like what I'm doing isn't transparent to anybody because I'm not sitting next to them. And it's yeah. like, do they know that I'm working? And so there's this weird like internal battle of like, I have to be at my desk all the time so they know I'm working and like respond to every Slack message in a second, kind of like what we were talking about before. <laughs> Over Overcompensating a little bit too. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious to see how we can be transparent really well for our clients, like making sure they do know that, but also not like over the top saying yes to every single thing because yeah. Yeah. we're not in this environment of we're just here and maybe I'm making a pour over and you can see that I'm at the office, but right. I'm not like at my desk. Um, yeah. I think that is, that's really, 
key. That's, that's a good word. I think that we're going to have to figure out how to, to balance that the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we'll, we'll probably find that rhythm. Uh, It's just kind of tuning that in, right. And kind of paying attention to what we're paying attention to. Um, One thing I don't know that um, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about this. And I want to wrap up here soon was there is this other part of the framework, which I'm not, I'm sure you've heard, which we went through if you listen to all the podcast episodes, (laughs) um, which talks about this idea of going through and paying attention, um, um, collecting ideas, then making a decision, testing those ideas, of course, iterating on those tests, and then actually teaching. And I think this is an opportunity where we're going to learn right now from, Mm. you just, you already said it, we're going to learn from the teaching of the people that are already remote. We're going to learn, we're going to have to pay attention to what we're paying attention to so that we're like going, okay, what are our disciplines? What are our new rhythms? How's my mindset right now? Am I actually in a good space to do the best work that I can? You know, those are things we're going to have to be more attuned to because our structure just changed so fast. Mm. Um, It, that it will, it'll be really intentional um, right now. And I think, yeah. If anybody's ready to do it, I know that our team is for sure. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. I think the same way we we're talking about how a new structure creates new constraints that kind of builds creativity, like same exact thing is happening right now. We've got a whole new structure, whole new set of constraints, yeah. and people are getting so creative about new disciplines to enact, new postures to kind of adopt. And I think it's we're just going to grow so much internally, personally, and as a collective, as CREMA. Um, so I'm excited to keep learning through this. Oh, don't you all wish that you had somebody like Mary on your team? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, just teasing. No. <laughs> yeah, this is, she, she represents in, in many ways just a, a collective that the whole team is really thinking like this right now. And I'm really proud of everybody at Crema um, stepping up during a challenging time. Um, oh yeah. And I, I really think there is still yet to, a lot to be unseen. We don't know yet what the next three to six months to a year is going to be for the company, for us individually, for us as a world. Um, but I think that there are some new normals coming and this, this is going to be part of it. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we can think about those structures, disciplines, and postures and how they apply um, across um, both individually teams and organizations. So, right. well, Mary, I really appreciate you jumping on today. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, even with the new, we thought we were going to be in a studio <laughs> that we're doing a call. And we it works great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, as usual, thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing to our podcast. If you can leave us a review on iTunes, not everybody listens on iTunes, but if you can go over to iTunes and leave a review, that's how we get found out a little bit better. And if you really want to share it, um, share it. So, uh, grab the link for wherever you're listening to it and share it on social media or in your Slack channel or wherever you're uh, connecting to people. We're hoping to really put out a lot more content right now, leaning into this space of remote and how we think about our structures, disciplines, and postures in that environment. But um, it's people like Mary and the team at Crema that are really building organizations where we can do the best work of our lives. And it's just, it's awesome. I love doing it. So thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, George. Bye. My name is Alexa Alfonso, and I'm the growth team lead at Crema. I'm essentially the project manager for all of our marketing initiatives, including this podcast. And I work with a cross-discipline team of content creators and strategists to expand Crema's presence, attract new opportunities, and promote our thought leadership in the digital product space. I enjoy working at Crema because it's a company that truly values people. 
I've been lucky enough to be a part of the team for almost five years and have seen firsthand how our core values play out on a daily basis. And we have a lot of fun along the way. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, technology, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at crema.us.